0: Listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on this four volume, over 2,500 page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. And if you would like to discuss today's reading with others who are following along, go over to Facebook and find the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast group. Now let us thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda. All good and holy God, we thank you for the life of your servant Maria of Agra. May we follow her holy example, and shun the allurements of the world, and abandon ourselves to your perfect will. Like her, may we enter into the quiet of heartfelt prayer, and find your presence deep in the silence of our souls. Through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Immaculate Conception, may we pursue with deepest longing a profound purity of heart, mind, and body. By the prayerful help of Venerable Maria Vagrada, may we become holy and radiate the light and life of Christ to all we meet. Today is day number 102. We are reading from volume 2, chapter 8, paragraphs 87 to 98. Chapter 8. Our great queen, in the presence of the Lord, pleads for the hastening of the incarnation, and of the redemption of man and his majesty, yields to her prayer. 87. The heavenly princess, most holy Mary... Had now attained such fullness of grace and beauty, and the heart of God was so wounded by her tender affections and desires, Canticles 4:9, and that He was so to say irresistibly drawn to begin His flight from the bosom of the Eternal Father to the bridal chamber of her virginal womb, and end the long delay of more than five thousand years. Nevertheless, since this new wonder was to be executed in the plenitude of His wisdom and equity. The Lord arranged this event in such a way that the princess of the heavens herself, being the worthy mother of the incarnate word, should at the same time be also the most powerful mediatrix of his coming and the redeemer of his people much more than Esther was of Israel. Esther chapter 7 and 8. In the heart of most holy Mary burned the flame, which God himself had enkindled, and without intermission, she prayed for the salvation of the human race. However, as yet the most humble lady restrained herself in modesty, knowing that on account of the sin of Adam, the sentence of death and of eternal privation from the vision of God had been promulgated. Genesis three nineteen eighty eight. 88. A heavenly strife thus arose in the most pure heart of Mary between her love and her humility. And lost in these sentiments, she repeated many times, Oh, who shall be able to secure the salvation of my brethren? Oh, who shall be able to draw from the bosom of the Eternal Father, his only begotten, and make him a partaker of our mortality? Oh, who shall oblige him to give to our human nature the kiss of his mouth? For which the bride asks him. Canticle one, one. But how can we, the children and descendants of the malefactor who committed the crime, ask for this favor? How can we draw him toward us, whom our fathers repelled. O oh, my love, if I could but see thee at the breasts of thy mother the human nature. Eight, one. O oh, light of lights, God of the true God, would that thou descend bending down thy heavens. Psalm 143.5 And shedding thy light upon those that live sitting in darkness. Isaiah 9.2 Would that thou pacify thy father, and by thy right hand, that is, by his only begotten, hurl the proud amon. Thy enemy, the devil, from his height, who shall be the mediatrix, who shall draw from the celestial altar, as with tongs of gold, Isaiah 6, 6, that ember of the divinity, for the purification of the world, as once did the seraphim, according to the word of the prophet Isaiah. 89. This prayer Most Holy Mary repeated during the eighth day of her preparation, and at midnight, being wrapped and entranced in the Lord, she heard His Majesty responding to her, My spouse and my dove, come, my chosen one, for the common law does not apply to thee. Esther 15.13 Thou art exempt from sin, and thou art free from its effects, since the moment away from thee the scepter of my justice Thou art exempt from sin, and thou art free from its effects since the moment of thy conception. When I gave being to thee, I turned away from thee the scepter of my justice, and laid upon thy neck that of my great clemency, in order that the general edict of sin might not touch thee. Come to me, and be not dismayed in the consciousness of thy human nature. I am he that raises the humble, and fills with riches those who are poor. Thou hast me for thy friend, and my liberal mercy shall be at thy disposal. 90. These words our queen heard intellectually, and as in the preceding night she presently felt herself raised by the holy angels bodily to heaven, while in her stead remained one of the angels of her guard. Again she ascended to the presence of the Most High, so enriched by the treasures of his graces and gifts, so fortunate and beautiful that she singularly excited the wonder of the supernal spirits, They broke out in praise of the Almighty, saying, Who is this that ascends from the desert overflowing with delight? Canticle 8.5 Who is she that so attracts and compels her beloved as to bear him with her to the earthly habitation? Who is she that rises as the dawn, more perfect than the moon, chosen as the sun? Canticle 6.9 How refulgent doth she rise from the darkness of the earth! How is she so courageous and strong, being clothed in such fragile nature? How does she in her strength overcome the Almighty? And how comes it that the heavens, which are closed against the children of Adam, are thus thrown open to the singular woman, sprung from the same race? 91. The Most High received his holy and chosen bride— most holy Mary, into his presence, although this happened not in an intuitive but in an abstractive vision of the divinity. It was accompanied with incomparable favors of light and purification, proceeding from the Lord himself, such as were especially reserved for this day. For they were so divine, that in our way of speaking God himself, who wrought them, was astonished and was charmed with the work of his hand. As if entranced with love, he spoke to her and said, Reverie, reverie, Sulamites ut utemur te. Return, return, O Sulamites, that we may behold thee, my spouse, my most perfect and beloved dove, pleasing in my sight. Turn and advance towards us, that we may behold thee and be charmed by thy beauty. I do not regret to have created man, and I delight in his formation, since thou hast been born of him. Let my celestial spirits see how justly I have desired and do desire to choose thee as my spouse and the queen of all the creatures. Let them see what good reason I have to rejoice in this my bridal chamber, from whence my only begotten, next to that of my own bosom, shall derive the greatest glory. Let all understand that if I justly repudiated Eve, the first queen of the earth, on account of her disobedience, I now place thee and establish thee in the highest dignity showing my magnificence and power in dealing with thy purest humility and self-abasement. 92. This day was for the angels a day of jubilation and rejoicing, greater than any since their creation. And when the most blessed Trinity thus chose and appointed his spouse and mother of the word for the queen and the lady of the creatures, the holy angels and all the celestial court of spirits acknowledged and received her as their mistress and superior, and they sung sweet hymns of glory in her honor and in praise of her author. During these hidden and admirable mysteries, the heavenly Queen Mary was absorbed in the abyss of the divinity in the light of his infinite perfections, and thereby the Lord prevented her from attending to all that happened. Thus the sacrament of her mothership of the only begotten still remained hidden to her until the proper time. Never did the Lord deal in such a manner with any nation, psalm one forty seven twenty nor did he ever show himself so great and powerful in any creature as on this day in most holy Mary ninety three the Most High added yet other favours saying to her with extreme condescension, my chosen spouse, since thou hast found grace in my eyes, ask of me without restraint what thou desirest, and I assure thee as the most faithful God and powerful king. That I shall not reject thy petitions, nor deny thee what thou askest. Our great princess humiliated herself profoundly, and relying on the promise and royal word of the Lord, and inspired with highest confidence, she answered, saying, My Lord and highest God, if I have found grace in thy eyes, Genesis eighteen three twenty seven, although I am dust and ashes, I will speak in thy divine presence, and pour out to thee my heart, Psalm sixty-one nine. Again His Majesty assured her and commanded her to ask in the presence of all the heavenly court for whatever she desired, even if it were a part of His kingdom. Esther 5, three. I do not ask, O Lord, for a part of Thy kingdom in my own behalf, answered Most Holy Mary, but I ask for the whole of it, for the race of men who are my brothers. I beseech thee, highest and powerful King, that according to thy immense kindness thou send us, thy only begotten, O Redeemer, in order that he may satisfy for the sins of all the world, that thy people may gain the freedom so much desired, and that through the satisfaction thus rendered to thy justice, peace may be declared among men upon earth, and that the portals of heaven closed by sin may be thrown open for its inhabitants. Let all flesh see thy salvation, Isaiah 52.10. Let peace and justice give each other that close embrace and the kiss which David asked for psalm eighty four eleven Let us mortals possess a teacher, a guide, and a saviour isaiah thirty twenty a chief who shall live and dwell with us baruch three thirty eight Let the day of thy promises dawn upon us, O my God, let thy words be fulfilled, and let the Messiah expected for so many ages arrive. These are my anxious desires, and for this do I breathe forth my sighs since thou showest to me the condescension of thy infinite clemency. 94. The highest Lord who wished to bind himself by her prayer disposed and incited the petitions of his beloved spouse. Benignly he inclined toward her and answered her with singular clemency. Pleasing to my will are thy requests, and acceptable are thy petitions. It shall be done as thou askest. I desire, my daughter and spouse, what thou seekest. As a pledge of this, I give thee my word and promise thee that very shortly my only begotten shall descend to the earth and shall vest himself and unite himself with the human nature. Thus thy acceptable wishes shall be executed and fulfilled. Ninety-five. With this assurance and divine promise, our great queen princess felt new enlightenment and security in her spirit, convincing her that the end of that long protracted and prolix night of sin— and of the ancient law was approaching, that the brightness of human redemption was about to dawn, and because the rays of the sun of justice whose dawn was soon to arise from her so closely and so intensely enveloped her about, she became herself the most beautiful aura, inflamed and refulgent, as it were, with the fiery clouds of the divinity, which transformed all things within her, all afire with love and gratitude for the approaching redemption, she gave unceasing praise to the Lord, both in her own name, and that of all the mortals. In this occupation, she passed that day after the angels had again restored her to the earth. I must grieve at my ignorance and shortcomings in explaining these so exalted mysteries. And if learned men and great students cannot give an adequate explanation of these things, how shall it be given by a poor and lowly woman? May my ignorance be supplemented by the light of Christian charity." and my presumption be atoned for by my obedience. Instruction which Most Holy Mary the Queen gave me. 96. My dearest daughter, how far removed is worldly wisdom from the admirable operations of the divine power in these sacraments of the incarnation of the divine word in my womb. Flesh and blood cannot reach them, and not the angels and seraphim, though they be of the highest nor can they know mystery so deeply hidden and so far beyond the ordinary course of grace. Praise thou, my beloved, the Lord, for them with incessant love and thankfulness. Be thou not any longer slow in understanding the greatness of his divine love and his readiness to benefit his friends and dear ones, whom he desires to elevate from the dust and enrich in diverse manners. As soon as thou hast penetrated into this truth, who will oblige thee to thank him and incite thee to undertake the great things that become a most faithful daughter and spouse. 97. And in order that thou mayest dispose thyself and be inspired so much the more, I remind thee that the Lord often says these same words to his chosen ones, Revertere, revertere, ut intuamur te, for he who derives just as a great pleasure from their deeds as when a father rejoices in his beloved and well-behaved son whom he looks upon many times with great affection, or as an artist when he beholds with pride and perfect works of his hands, or as a king who inspects of the rich city, which he has added to his dominions, or as one who is pleased with his much-beloved friend. There is only this difference. The Most High finds, incomparably, more delight than all these in the souls, which he has chosen for his blessings, and in proportion as they dispose themselves in advance in virtue, The Lord also multiplies His favors and benefits. If the mortals that attain to the light of faith would enter into this truth, they would merely, on account of this complacence of the Almighty and their good deeds, not only preserve themselves from sin, but they would zealously engage in great works until death and eagerly show their loving servitude to Him, who is so liberal and rewarding and so generous in His favors. 98. When, on this eighth day which thou hast described, the Lord in heaven spoke to me these words, Revertere, revertere," asking me to turn toward him, and allow the celestial spirits to look upon me, I was made aware that the pleasure which his divine majesty derived in beholding me, by itself exceeded all the delight and complacency which he ever derived from all the most saintly souls in the height of their sanctity. In his gracious condescension he was more pleased in me than in all the apostles, martyrs, confessors, virgins, and all the rest of the saints. And this pleasure and complacency of the Most High overflowed and enriched my spirit with such an influx of grace and participation of the divinity that thou canst neither understand nor explain it as long as thou art in the mortal flesh. But I tell thee of this hidden mystery, in order that thou mayest bless its author, and that, while yet thy exile from thy fatherland continues, Thou dispose and exert thyself in my place, and name to extend and reach out thy hands to great things. Proverbs 31.19 Give to the Lord the satisfaction expected of thee, and strive after it, thus earning his blessings and soliciting them for thyself and thy neighbor with perfect charity. This concludes our reading from chapter 8 of volume 2. We've been reading from paragraphs 87 to 98. Maybe two things to bring out from our reading today. The first would just be the idea of Mary's heart. We reverence the heart of Mary, the Immaculate Heart, the Sorrowful Heart. So here we have the heart of the Blessed Virgin being referenced. In the heart of Most Holy Mary burned the flame which God himself had enkindled, and without intermission she prayed for the salvation of the human race. God enkindled that flame, and without stop, she prayed for the salvation of the human race. Well, let us ask the Lord to inflame our heart with a love for all of humanity, to inflame our heart with love of our family. Let us, like Mary, persevere in praying for the salvation of the world, never ceasing in praying, always making that the salvation of souls, the object of our prayer. Isn't that what the mother wants for her child? Isn't that what husband wants for wife and vice versa, the salvation of each other's soul? That intention so dear to the heart of Mary is also one that should be dear and near to our heart. And then we heard God speaking to the Blessed Mother today. He said, thou art exempt from sin, and thou art free from its effects since the moment of thy conception. And so I can't recall in our readings up until this point if Mary had this knowledge that she is the Immaculate Conception. But here God is telling her, from the very moment of conception, you were spared that ancient sin of Adam. You were saved and spared from it. And so Mary, hearing those words for the very first time, perhaps, coming to this realization of how God had chosen her, and then everything else in her life makes sense of why she always desired the things of God, why it is that she's seeing these abstractive visions of heaven, how it is that she's been able to converse with angels, and so forth and so on. Everything begins to make sense because of what God accomplished In the person of Mary, in her prayer, she asks the Almighty to send the promised Savior of the world. And God will answer that prayer, making her the instrument through which the Savior comes to us. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year, I'm reading and reflecting on the mystical city of God. I'm grateful that you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. May God bless you, and Mary pray for you.